Welcome to the Wheel of Frog, best of 2023. Woohoo! Woo! All right, welcome everybody. everyone. Okay, so a uh, little bit behind the scenes. This took about six months to plan, but we were able to get six of us on this this podcast to do our uh, end of the year one, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, and we decided uh, because the wheel has been such a success. Um, actually, Kyle suggested that we do a Wheel of Prague episode around the best of uh, 2023. And uh, or was it Jeff? Who knows anymore? But uh, anyway, um, yeah, so this, this it's going to be a little bit different. We're not doing a tier list, but we are incorporating the wheel and you'll see how it plays along. But we got a bunch of albums. This was maybe the busiest year in terms of reviews and new releases that I can recall uh, since doing the prog report. I don't know how if you guys feel the same way about the number of albums that you guys got to hear, but um, I think we covered or reviewed or in some way over 50 records, um, which is a lot. And certainly there were many hundreds and hundreds more. Um, so we tried to get to as many as we could. We covered all the big ones and then discovered a lot of really cool new bands this year, which was a lot of fun. And uh, we cover a lot of those on this podcast. So uh, we got uh, the full crew here. Uh, we got John, we got Nick, Jeff, Kyle, and Dan. Dan is on location uh, seeing concerts, and, yeah. uh, which is uh, cool. Got to see Leprous last night. How was that? Yeah, that was amazing. My first time seeing them, I was really excited. The whole band is mind-blowing. Einar is the best, so... Had a blast. I'm super tired, but I'm ready to do this. Always ready to awesome. spin the Commitment. wheel. <laughs> and, uh, and also, uh, Vic is not on the podcast, but uh, he will be incorporated on this. So basically what we did is, uh, I'll go ahead and bring up the wheel here. Okay. Ooh. We have 24 albums on said wheel. And... Uh, Actually, what's cool here is you can't really see the titles, so you have to sort of make out the uh, the graphics, uh, the album covers. Um, but anyway, we're going to spin the wheel. Each of us have been assigned four albums of the 24. If it lands on the wheel and it's one of your albums, you will talk about it, present it to the group um, very quickly. And then uh, we will all decide if it's in our top fives. Actually, I'm not, I am not uh, uh, revealing what my top five is. Uh, because uh, it's too much involvement for me, and I also know how this shakes out at the end. So, um, but anyway, you're gonna the, have to reveal something, though. Whether you know, okay, I'll reveal something. Five. Uh, <laughs> so five of you on here plus Vic each have shared what your top fives are, and that will result in a end uh, of the podcast uh, ranking of the top ten uh, albums um, from how this thing shakes out. Sort of an unofficial uh top 10 and and uh yeah, we'll see how it goes sort of gives it a little bit of another element that than uh, usual this year we'll see how it goes all right so hey, should I've got we just one go other, ahead and... one other quick question i'm sorry uh, can we can we get that prog report logo to cover more of jeff's face if we could just make it about 200 <laughs> percent bigger <laughs> that's perfect yeah yeah there we go thank you for pointing that out oh, thank you for pointing okay, that out uh okay so um, all right, so should we go ahead and uh, and spin the wheel? Spin the uh, okay. The Who's getting the first one? <laughs> big money, big money. <laughs> well, I love the sound. Let's not forget what, to what read it out. What a great year for prog rock, you know? It's been an incredible okay. year. So, 
first up is uh, actually the uh, not ah. yet out Peter Gabriel <laughs> album, I.O., his first album in 20 years. But we included it on here because he did finally announce that it is coming out um, December 1st. And uh, he's released 11 songs already. So certainly some of you have heard at least some of them by now. Uh, but Jeff, you want to give us a rundown on this one? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you sort of mentioned it there. It's a very been a very unconventional approach um, by, I guess, a very unconventional artist. Peter Gabriel hasn't put out an album in more than 20 years. And in January of this year, then he announced that he would start releasing songs every full moon. So as Roy said, we're 11 songs in. Um, I got to see him live in June of this year. And by that stage, about five, I think, songs were out. But he played about 11 songs from the album. Um, so it's been an interesting process, I suppose, of having, you know, three, four, five weeks to digest an album song by song. Um, and, you, you know, then it will come out uh, December 1st and it will become a thing. Um, I think for me, the variety of it is really, really great and there's so much in there you know the things it there's a lot of joyous very upbeat songs um io the title track olive tree road to joy which was a song that i hadn't heard when i heard it live and it was just worked so incredibly well it had people on their feet the same way sledgehammer did um and then the album ends with with a run of pretty introspective songs um and still this is home love can heal just beautiful pieces of writing you know this isn't technical shreddy prog this is um interesting brilliant songwriting brilliant melodies you know one of the distinctive voices in the genre back with a big chunk of really good music and that's io for me and in terms um, of my list of the year, oh, sorry, wrong side. <laughs> it's not. It, it, it's number. It's number two in my list of the year. Yeah. Okay. Anybody Amazing. else have it in their top five? I don't think so. Is Roy your number two TPR yeah. member, Jeff? I'm his number two. That's the two. important question. I'm honored. I'm honored. Uh, I, I'm excited yeah, Kyle to and see I went number which, one. Which uh, do you see? What's number one? <laughs> oh boy uh, Kyle and I went to see the show uh, a few months ago uh, enjoyed it quite a bit um, by then a few more songs were out so that was a little bit more fun uh, I do really like this record a lot um, Olive Tree is, is probably in my top five songs of the year it's one of my, been one of my favorites for a while um, but yeah it's good it's, it's what you'd expect from him I think it's a Peter Gabriel album much like the last few that he had released and um, yeah good solid stuff I'll just say very Incredible quickly, production. Wrote, wrote, yeah, yeah. Wrote, wrote to Joy, co-written with Brian Eno. That's kind of a fun little morsel of information. So I think it's good. I'll be honest, I found the release and all the different mixes to be a little onerous. Um, but I digress. They're good songs, and I think it's cool that yeah. he's got new music out. So. Yeah, I would have preferred he just put out four or five songs and then put the record out but um but yeah we're still getting a full album with physical re physical stuff finals and all, all sorts of versions so you know that's cool um all right so let's go ahead and uh get the next one 
Spin that thing. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> and he's here tonight. Uh, no, he's not. There we go. <laughs> it's oh, not lost on us. We only have like three minutes per album or this thing's going to take all day. Ooh, Subsignal. Uh, oh, Subsignal. That's a good one. No, that's that's mine right there. I must I must admit I'd never heard of the band Subsignal prior to getting this assignment. And really? so I've been yeah, I hadn't. Um so uh when I when I got it, I obviously put it on to my playlist and uh play it in my classroom constantly. So my students are getting used to it as well and they're starting <laughs> to recognize some of the stuff, which is really fun. I really have gotten into this. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, after after today. I'm going to start looking into their their back catalog. It's um got some great. Uh, it's almost like an '80s or '90s uh, ballady, uh, pop ballady, proggy things. It's got some good heavy uh, hitting stuff as well. It's got almost some King Crimson, um, uh, some power chords like that in it. Um, it's got. Uh, um a pedal steel guitar in one in one place also but the the harmonies are what really stuck out for me the the vocal harmonies were just fantastic i i'm really i'm really getting into this um they're uh, they're from germany they're it's just a it's just a fun good it's uh, it's not super uh over proggy but it's it's got uh some really uh great the, the songs really stuck out for me uh, were uh, Sliver, and then Melancholia One was uh, was was fantastic. Just the just yeah, it's I, cool I really song. I'm really getting it. I'm really getting into this uh, this band now. So I appreciate the opportunity for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are I awesome. had exactly the same feelings as John. I mean, when I had to listen to it for the for the first time to write the review, I thought, Wow, who is this? Who are these guys? And why have I not heard this stuff before now? Yeah. Then you I, guys then might want to go back and check La Muerta. It's a yeah, amazing La Muerta album amazing. they released, I think, in 2018, maybe. It's a great album. I know yeah. Roy enjoys it I think it La Muerta well. is a little bit of a better album than this one. That's That was one of my favorites back then. <clears throat> uh, but mm-hmm. uh, this one's good. It's what they do. It's It has a little bit of yeah. elements of, of 80s Rush, Styx um Toto in there a little bit. This is all those I, kind I of heard, bands. I heard it's, some Journey, like some... Like some not not Steve Perry sounding, but just the the, yeah. the song production was was and the production's fantastic. Well, it's, yeah. it's produced by the no, guys from band. RPWL, um, who who are legends in my other one. Yeah. Uh, anybody awesome. have? I don't think anybody has this one in their top. Uh, uh, someone does. Oh, Nick, you have it in your top five. Uh, yeah, I had it as my as my number five. Um, really, I was astounded by it. I think I said it all in the review. I'm not going to regurgitate that here, but it really was this, one of the surprises of the year for me. I love this. <laughs> what was that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. Sounded Nick. like robots. Yeah. Oh, did I? Oh, sorry. Of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I was just saying that when when I had to write the review for this, uh, it really turned into one of the the biggest surprises of the year for me. I had I, not given Subsignal a, a, a proper listen, and this forced me to do it, and I'm really glad about that. Uh, awesome. Very, very surprisingly pleasing album. And I think yeah, now that cool. their back catalog has been revealed, there's more to come from these guys. Yeah. All right. Good let's, stuff. Let's uh, go it, ahead and let's move on to the next five, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on a second. Yeah. Okay. Spin that wheel, brother. Spin it. Okay. 
<laughs> Who's playing this? <laughs> is that Kyle Graves? Who is that? That's our good buddy Scott. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, it's me. All right. Yay. We got little Neil Morse, the dreamer, Joseph Part All One. All right. So we're going to talk about Neil Morse, the dreamer, Joseph Part One. What a title. Um, so this is a rock opera narrating the biblical story of Joseph. Uh, it's really similar to his 2019 album, Jesus Christ, The Exorcist, uh, which is in some ways sort of a spiritual successor to Jesus Christ Superstar in some ways. Um, this is the first part of a two-part series, and the next disc releases sometime next year. And if you've not listened to it, uh, obviously it's telling a story, considering it's a rock opera. And this is just the first half, so it gets through Joseph's, uh, Joseph's journey from being sold into slavery and then into his ascent to power in Egypt. It features um, Potiphar's wife and some other uh, details there. This album, not going to surprise you. If, if you like Neil Morris, you, you're going to find it very familiar. If you don't like Neil Morris, just don't listen. Um, there are a variety of styles and sounds, as there always are on Neil's uh, albums. For me, I like, it does not feel connected to the rest of the album, but I like Prologue, Before the World Was. It's got a solo from Steve Morse. I like Gold Dust City. I like Ultraviolet Dreams, Heaven in Charge of Hell. There's a good mix, you know, as there always are, and especially on his sort of more musical rock opera style albums, there's a, a, a lot of mixture of different voices. And I mean, there's a full on like, you know, choral, like acapella track on this. I mean, it, whatever style of music you want, 60s, 70s, 80s rock with prog mixed in, it's on here. Uh, for me, my main criticism of the album and why I don't have it ranked in my top five is it's just half the story. And I, I, so it doesn't feel like it pays off. But I think once I'm able to hear the second half and hear it all in context, I suspect that it will pay off more and it will make more sense. And as things come up in the second album uh, that pay homage to the first album, it'll work better. And as with Neil's stuff, Jesus Christ Exorcist, when I first heard it, I was like, eh, and then I saw it in concert and loved it. So uh, I look forward to, to experiencing it, I assume, at Morse Fest 2024. There you go. I particularly right. liked Liar, Liar. I think that was one of the high points of the year. Fabulous song. My, my standout song was Million Miles Away. Yeah. Yep, uh, yep some really good stuff on it. Uh, anybody got it in their, their top five? What do we got? <laughs> that's me Daniel, number three ah, for jeff all right oh, i'm yeah. number three okay and john <laughs> i'll take I number five for that yeah john has it in his number five no props john really you know really letting us down okay i'm um, sorry okay next and john you're an art you're an art teacher right i know if yeah. i would have known that this was required i would have gotten my kids to make john should have a mug uh, for each number just hold up a yeah. mug dude hold up a mug I was right, expecting clay, clay numbers, but oh well. <laughs> and Ooh. our friends no from No Spoon nice. with the album Opus. I think that's one of uh, the ones I was going to talk about, right? Uh, okay, so this is one of the bands that um, uh, came out of nowhere for us. So, uh, one of the many new bands that we discovered. Um, this has absolutely been one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, I'm a huge fan of this band. They're, they're guys out of, uh, North Carolina, uh, four guys. Um, they've been a band for a while in a few different incarnations, but this is the first time where they settled on this lineup. And 
recorded this album over a couple of years. Uh, the bassist um, uh, did the whole uh, production. It sounds amazing. It's one of the best sounding records I've ever heard. And uh, he recorded and engineered it and mixed it all himself. He's amazing. He should get more work from bands, frankly. Um, but the singer is awesome. His name is Phil. He's great. The guitar, bass, drums, they're all really good musicians. Um, if you like sort of the accessible uh, versions of Dream Theater and Haken, that's really, I think, where this band lies. They have really spectacular uh, instrumental moments, um, but also really good vocals, really good harmonies, um, some kind of quirky songs like earworm which is one of my favorites of the year that's kind of funny yeah. and there's a video for that um I, I i really i can't stress this enough if i was ranking albums this would be very very high up there for me and uh i really hope this is a band that doesn't just make one album and then go back to their lives and forget about being a band because i think they really have uh something um something strong to build off of on this I'm with you, dude. That's a big surprise for me this year. Th that song, Earworm, is one of my favorites as well. It's a really, really solid band. They sound amazing. And it's my number three. Oh, cool. Daniel, my just keeps, he keeps, Daniel keeps uh, jumping in with his rankings so early. It's number four for me. It's a great album. Yeah, yeah. and uh, actually Vic had it as his number, his number two album of the year. So, yeah, quite, quite a few uh, wow. votes on this one. Um, yeah, so uh, No Spoon, Opus, check it out um, and give those guys a follow on uh, socials or watch their videos, something like that. Let's keep them going as a band would be great. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so uh, moving on. And Next listen one. to their songs about Simpson. It's a very interesting lyrical choice, Simpson. Oh, yeah. But anyway, you'll see. We got... Oh. oh, Pattern Seeking. Pattern That's Seeking me, Animals. Right? Spooky action Yay. at a distance. Okay, so that's one of my albums. And so PSA, excuse me as I look down to read my notes, but um, Pattern Seeking Animals, Spooky Action at a Distance. It's a great album. It's more PSA. If you like PSA, you're going to like this. I think this album is might be their longest yet. has a lot, a lot of songs. They're all great. Um, it's kind of a... I don't want to say a spin-off band of Spock's Beard, if you're not familiar with them, that might be like a good intro segue into them. But they are much, much more than that. They have their own particular sound. They have very interesting um, options for like instruments and stuff. They bring horns and different other instruments and they sound great. Some of my favorite songs, it was actually tough to pick a favorite song because I think they're all around the same level. You know, they're really, really solid. But He Once Was was the one that I picked as my favorite. But I also really like Clouds That Never Rain and Man Made of Stone. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a really good album. I think it it starts off really, really good. And then it kind of slows down a little bit for me, especially with Bulletproof, which is a song they re-recorded from Spocks. It's a song that I never really, really jived with. Uh, but in general, I think it's a really good album and I really like it. So kind of ties in nicely uh, with the new yeah. <laughs> Great. The news this week Great that Spox is not dead. They're, they're yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good to hear. Uh, I, I, think, you, I think you nailed uh, the explanation of this one, honestly. If if it's a band, if you're familiar with what they do, it's more of that, a few new surprises on it, um, but real solid music from them. Uh, Ted continues to be uh, just an amazing singer. 
and John, uh, John's a great, great writer, man. He just keeps churning these things out. They've done four yeah. albums in less than five years, so it's it's pretty crazy. I was going to say the most prolific band in modern prog rock, I think at this point. It's it's a tie between them and like the Flower Kings, I think. So probably. Yeah. Um any uh any top fivers on this one? I don't think uh right? I didn't see any. All right, moving on. Still good though. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. We're spinning it. We okay. are spinning it. Ooh. And Okay. It it's the Akribus. Nice. Akribus, the approbation. <laughs> Kyle, is that you? That, that is me, yeah. So, uh, Akribus, the approbation. If you like Opeth, Porcupine Tree, and band names that are impossible to pronounce, then look no further <laughs> than Akribus. Um, so, uh, their debut album, The Approbation, uh, for me, and I think for a lot of others, is a standout prog metal album this year. The band are from Norway. And as I was reading, actually, the Prague Report review of this album, uh, it was the lifelong dream of longtime collaborators Martin Utby and Simon Bergseth. Yes, that's Simon Bergseth. Uh, and <laughs> so they actually recorded this in a remote cabin in Norway, which is kind of a fun detail. And the album does, in fact, feel kind of like isolated and introspective, and it kind of fits that. Um, so the music is a mix of heavy and soft elements, both complex and kind of beautiful and subtly simple elements. Uh, a lot of good tracks on this one, uh, The Pale Moon, Isolation, and The Great White River. Uh, it's a good one. This is, this is a good one. This is not exactly like in my wheelhouse in terms of musical style, but if it is, you're going to love it. It's, it's a very strong album, especially considering it's a debut. That is Acrust. Anyone else think it was good? I think yeah, it was I good. It. it was uh, quite a surprise as well because I had some resistance with this band from preconcepts of the name alone. You know, that's just it. I was like, dude, I, I don't like this name. I don't want to listen to this band. But I actually gave it time and I love the album. I think it's awesome. And, and, and Roy kept bugging me. You got to check this. It's right up your wheelhouse. You're going to love this. And he was right. So. It's a great album. If you like that style of prog uh, metal, you're gonna love this. Yeah, I I think it's one of the best albums of the year too. I really like it. I keep I keep telling people about it. The name aside, obviously, I mean, whatever. But there's two long epics at the end, over ten minutes, that are just fantastic. Mm -hmm. The production is awesome. Again, it's it's very DIY. All these bands are doing it, but like the the singer uh, Simon, just he's he was the engineer and mixer of this whole thing and. It just sounds phenomenal. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it comes from that Opeth, Porcupine Tree sound, like you said. So a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of thinking like, well, then are they really doing something original? But I think they, they sort of tweak it in, in their own way where it, where it is. And um, I think it's worth it. And they're just starting. Again, it's a band that we need new bands. We need new bands to present some stuff and, and keep building this genre and make more records. So again, like no spoon or Aquarius, these guys like give them a listen, give them a chance, follow these guys and just let's see where they go. I think there's a lot of promise here with these guys. I do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, all right. All right. Next. Let's do it. Oh, okay. Periphery. Periphery, okay. periphery five. Gent is not a genre. I think that's me. 
Um, yeah, look, these guys, if you know what they do, it's real aggressive, real, you know, really, really heavy, a lot of growl vocals. Um, but I think that this album, they found a way to make it the most accessible that a band like this can without abandoning what they're about. It's it's very much sort of a concept record with songs tying in together. There's a lot of great uh, like string interludes and things combined, you know, mixing the songs together, which is a nice element. There's a really great ballad kind of in the middle, which is surprising for them. It's a beautiful song. Um, the first couple uh, are amazing. Uh, Atropo is one I really like a lot. The second track. Uh, I think everything that the band has done is built up to this one. I think it's their best record by far. And uh, again, the production is outstanding. Um, it's a little long. If I had a criticism, it's a little long. It's a lot to sit through in one listen because they just throw a lot at you uh, musically. But um, I think if you were hesitant to ever check out these guys because it's no, it's too heavy. Uh, there's a lot of great choruses, a lot of great melodic moments on this. And you can always just skip through the one or two songs that get really at, like intense. Um, but I think that shouldn't put off an album like this. Um, but again, love it. Fantastic record. Matt Halpin, what a drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Solid I album. I haven't spent like much, much time right with that. it, but it's a good one. Wait, wait, everybody at the same time. Okay. <laughs> Kyle. Go, John. Uh, we'll start raising our hands or something, you know, yeah. and then call on us. Uh, it's a great album. Um, it is not again, like my go-to style. It's, it's very aggressive. Like the first song I'll sometimes put it on if I'm in a bad mood. Uh, and then, you know, then I feel like I'm in less of a bad mood cause I'm like, well, I'm not that angry. Um, but it does sound great. And I, and I, I, I like how, I like how they link the songs. Like you said, the interludes and everything and the in-betweens are great. Um, but it is such a dense album. It reminds me of uh, Between the Buried and Me from you know last year or the year before, where it's it's fantastic, but it's like I can only take it in in short, uh, yeah. you know, like a song or two at a time, you know. Um, but if you like this style, like I, w I would also argue that it's perhaps their best album. And uh, I've been listening to them for a while. And I've seen them in concert, and what they do, they do it as well as anybody. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. with every album that they've put out, I have a hard time coming back to it because it's always been like a lot and you never find yourself going, let me put that on. <laughs> but uh, I have with this one. This one has stuck with me. I will say that. That's what I like about it. Sorry, John. I go ahead. Gonna, I was just going to say that uh, I it's not my style, my go-to style also, uh, but I was able to catch him in concert once and I it was just a fun thing to watch them perform. I think that that's, that's true with a lot of the things that I that I have is that I, I may not like it as much in uh, on on the album, but seeing something performed live makes a huge difference in my opinion. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's uh, move on. Next one. I'm just gonna if anybody has any tough, I've just let me know. Otherwise, I'm just gonna move on. Okay. Only nine million albums to go through. I mean, you know, you know what what's on our top five, so I do. But we have to say it. Speak now or forever hold in peace. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Mirror to the sky. Jeffrey, this is me. Jeff is going for uh, the first time. Yeah. No, I've, I did. Peter I'm Gabriel. <laughs> Pay attention. Feels um, like the first time. Feels like the first. We knew a song about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, Mirror to the Sky. So, um, I guess 
when I was thinking about this, the quest was kind of Yes's coming out of rehab album. Um, you know, where <laughs> not drug a rehab, long, a long period of of uh, of relative inactivity, some significant band member changes, and find their feet with an album that I think it's fair to say most fans liked, um, but kind of hoped for different things. Um, and I suppose now, you know, having having moved in a few years post that period, um, we have Mirror to the Sky. Um, we first heard the single Cut from the Stars, and I think most Yes fans' initial reaction was it's punchier, it's got a more upfront sound than, um, you know, most of the last album. Uh, and, you know, for people who you know, are, are enjoying this lineup in this era. And I know a lot of Yes fans just don't. Um, but um, I think it was certainly a real step forward. Largely the same lineup, ex- with the very notable exception of Jay Shellen replacing Alan White. Um, punchier sound. Um, certainly the bass and drums and their impact on this album are, are a very significant thing. Um, it's certainly in the majority of cases a progier album um, than The Quest um, which probably had a more straightforward more Steve Howe focused sound um, some really great tracks and you know it goes without saying the title track you know a 14 minute um, epic with orchestra with all sorts of shifts and movements, an absolutely brilliant closing section. One of my favorite Steve Howe guitar solos is the outro, um, or the last part of, of that song. So I um yeah, I really enjoyed this album as a yes album and I really enjoyed it as an album overall. Um to the extent that it's on my list of the year as um Yeah. Number <laughs> number five. five. Nice. Woohoo all right it's very exciting uh okay definitely at least an approach to return to form right progia yeah for sure more complex if you want to find out what drama ish you can watch our yes wheel of progress so to find out where it ends up uh on on the uh album rankings but yeah solid like you said solid return to uh to form a little bit and uh the title track is amazing. I still think that's one of the best songs of the year, too. Uh, okay, moving on. Yeah, for those of us who don't want to watch the Yes, Will of Prague, you'll have to message me, tell me what tier it ended up in. I'm going to guess C tier, no? Okay. Guess I'll never I honestly know. don't remember. <laughs> All right, Riverside, Riverside. ID Entity right. or Identity. Who's that? I wonder. I wonder. Okay. It's one of my albums. Okay. Riverside... An amazing band, lots of great albums in their catalog, but this is the first one in five years. The, their last one is, was Wasteland wow. in 2018. It was a great album. Uh, I think Mario's still kept busy with solo albums and Lunatic Soul and all that. And this is actually my album of the year. Spoilers, my number one. Here's my, my prop I just made, <laughs> Riding on Napkins. So, <laughs> uh, this is a more like fun album. It's not very characteristic for them. They're usually like mellower or more depressing. And this one, it goes into like 
interesting lyrical themes and stuff that makes you reflect and think, but it acts in a, a different way. The lyrics are like more raw and it has a different kind of instrumentation as well. They have like some disco um, keyboards and the bass is warmer. You know, I really, really love this album. I think it's a, a, a concise, it's a collection of seven songs and they are really good. I think the beginning of the album it's a, like a one, two, three gut punch with friend or foe, landmine blast, and big tech brother, which is my song of the year. It's a song that's been stuck with me since I first heard this album, uh, and I came to appreciate the epic more, which is the place where I belong. I think it's a really solid song. It's kind of weird sometimes, but it's really interesting. They're clearly trying something new, and I was just listening to this album earlier in the morning while I was working out for the first time in months. And I think it still holds up. It's my album of the year for sure. Uh, very solid, great, great lyrics, instrumentation, musicianship. It's just up there. So yeah, Riverside, ID Entity for me. R Riverside wouldn't be a band that I naturally kind of gravitate towards, but the um, the compilations that they put out last year kind of gave me a chance to, to start exploring their music. And I, I really enjoy this one. Uh, I have to say, I really um, it it quite pleasantly surprised me. I think it's really solid, and um, yeah, and Marius has a has a album out this week as well. Uh, one of his sort of electronica ones. Yeah, yeah, it's a solo album. And yeah, this one is more accessible, I think, too. And it's like correction. They released mm -hmm. one song in between Wasteland and Identity for those. Yeah. A collections that Jeff was talking about, a song called Story of My Dream, which is a really solid song. That was a really well. good. I like that song a lot. Yeah. 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 yeah it was great. And I, I, I got to see them in concert last year and they're just amazing. I can't wait to see them again and see those songs live, the, the new ones. So, yep. Uh, okay. So, uh, good go, Kyle, Kyle. Go, Kyle. I, I just want to raise my hand. I don't want to talk over anyone. To me, the highlight of their career, their high watermark was Love, Fear, and the Time Machine. And for me, everything since then has been not quite as good as that and obviously they had the death of uh with a guitar player i think it was um, Yoder, yeah yeah Yoda. this one for me you said it daniel the first three songs are incredible and then it kind of teeters out a little bit for me so it it just narrowly missed my top five for what it's worth but they're one of my favorite bands i always love what they do their sound is so good and i love his best ba best playing his bass playing so best. check it out I, I i will say that um Riverside will resonate with you when you see them live for the first time. They they played some of these tracks on Cruise to the Edge, the last Cruise to the Edge, and I, I, I got to say that um, it, it, that really is the moment that that Riverside connected with me when I saw them live for the first time on on the cruise. Live, they're uh, awesome. He's in a he's in a that, great front man singer. Yeah, unbelievable. Good stuff. Uh, any other top fives uh, on this one? John has it oh, as his number hey, four. John. And nice. Vic had it at his as his number five. So a few rankings for Riverside. Nice. I yeah, really, great I album. really got into that album too. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, right. let's do it. It's it's like my number <laughs> okay. six, six or seven. All right. What are we gonna get? What are we gonna uh -oh. get? Uh oh. Uh oh. Everyone, sit down. Oh yeah. Everyone, Just take a go seat. ahead and. Brew yeah. a pot of See coffee you later. and, uh, and drink. Let's talk about this. Bye. Seven yeah. fold. 
Life. Oop, I uh, miss miss. Uh, there's a typo there. Life is but a dream. All right, go ahead. Dot dot dot. All right, so I'll just say this right off the bat before I start reading my prepared statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only reason that this album is being discussed today. So if if you like the rest of the prog reporters hate this album, then just go take a five minute break. Um, all right, so Avenged Sevenfold. They're a band that I've liked for a while. Um, I saw them back when the Rev was in the band and. My friends uh, from high school all really liked this band, and you know they started like metalcore, and they've kind of evolved more and more into, uh, you know, at times even just a straight ahead kind of heavy metal hard rock band. Uh, my favorite album of theirs, and not just because Mike Portnoy played drums on it, uh, but was 2010's Nightmare. Uh, definitely just a pro, uh, sorry, a metal album. Um, 2016's The Stage, the first album with Brooks Wackerman. It was a concept album. It dealt with like outer space. They released it without any singles and it actually kind of flopped uh it had prog elements but it still was not prog but i'm proud to say that this album life is but a dream uh is finally a prog metal album uh to me from start to finish and uh it's a sort of uh prog metal sergeant peppers if you will uh that's how mike portnoy uh talked about it and i think that holds and it's got influences all the way from System of a Down to Daft Punk and even some uh, Frank Zappa and Frank Sinatra. Um, so for me, it's eclectic throughout, uh, both in terms of instrumentation and arrangement, but also in terms of production. Uh, it's a little detail, but in the song Cosmic, which is my song of the year, who is breathing so deep over there? Is someone, did someone just run on a treadmill? Am yeah, I getting I, you that I'm excited? Hearing that too. There's some kind of Go hissing. I can't figure out where it's from. I think it's when a Jeff is typing funny messages, he, he starts uh, breathing deeply. Anyway, so they used multiple drum sets on the song Cosmic uh, to achieve the sound that they're after. Um, if you don't think this album is prog, go listen to the three songs that run one after another, G-O-D. It's absolutely inspired by Frank Zappa and prog rock. It sounds like something as it starts from Dream Theater. Um, so why is it my favorite album of the year? And I don't have much more to say, but... It combines what I like most about music. It's aggressive, it's musically diverse, it's unexpected, it's got great vocal harmonies, the lyrics are deep and profound, I love the artwork, uh, and the drumming is some of the best of the year for me. Um, this is a band at their creative peak, a big band that doesn't need to do anything creative or out there, and they did it anyway, so I applaud them for that. So, it is my album of the year, I've listened to it many, many, many times, I love it. So go listen to it, and there's a good chance you won't like it. <laughs> so no, I, I'll, that, I'll speak about that, it. That's uh, not true. I've, band... I've, I've got to say, sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. I've no, got to say okay, that man. on, go on your prompting, Kyle, I went and listened to it, and it most certainly is prog, no doubt about it. It's extremely diverse, very varied, and um, uh, I, I need to listen to it some more. Uh, it, it's it's certainly not what I expected. And to everybody out there, if you just think it's going to be very heavy in your face thrash metal, it's not. Go listen to it. Now, I wasn't really expecting that, but my I've played a lot of Avenged back then when I had like cover bands and stuff, and it was never really a, a band that I connected with in any way, you know. Uh, but Kyle played some of it for me in the car when we were together in Nashville earlier in the year, and it actually surprised me some parts of it. It didn't make me go back to it or try it, but I might. So that's what I have to say. That's all <laughs> but I it was ask cool. For. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Definitely not what I expected. Look, again, I think I, it's never a band that I connected with either. I always appreciated that they were a, a popular metal band that had good guitar playing and, and stuff like that. So I always thought that was kind of cool, but it's just 
vocally, something about it just never worked for me. Um, again, because Kyle just kept uh, telling us about it and begging us to listen to it, I did. Um, and, you know, look, I think it's, it's, an, it's an interesting record because if I would have just put it on and gone through the first two or three songs, which is what I did originally, it, that sort of sounded like what they do, and I sort of checked out. But when you stick with that album, the, the whole back half of it is bonkers and becomes all sorts of different styles and things. And then it becomes kind of interesting. Interesting that they chose to do it that way, where it's sort of heavy in the beginning and then the second half becomes very progressive with orchestras and pianos and Zappa songs and all that kind of stuff. But that stuff I actually found interesting and cool. Again, it's just not a band I'm going to listen to. Something about it just doesn't click. But I, I appreciate what they tried to do with, with at least the back half of the record. So, you know, um, may never show up on one of our rankings again. But uh, hey, why not? For Kyle, we did it. So Avenge Sevenfold. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, let's move on. It's, that was like my make-a-wish moment. <laughs> Can we talk about Avenge, please? <laughs> What do we got? Is it stopping? RPWL. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that oh, me? Oh, no, it's Jason Beeler. No. Yeah. Jason oh. Beeler, yeah. Uh, Jason, Jason Beeler, Beeler postcards, postcards from the Asylum. From the Asylum. Uh, you know, it's actually similar in a way to coming right off of talking to Ben Sevenfold, an artist <laughs> that we may not have included as a prog artist who never really was a prog artist. Um, quick recap was in Saigon Kick back in the 90s. They had a few hits. Um, not really a hair metal band. They got kind of roped into that. Anyway, they broke up a long, long time ago, and he's had a solo career. The last two solo albums, including this one, started branching out a little bit into incorporating a few different styles and things. Uh, prog uh, artists as guests. You know, Rio Akimoto plays on this one. He had Devin Townsend on the last one. Um, and uh, so... He tries different things. I think that's where it becomes sort of something that works in the progressive world is that it's an album of really eclectic styles all over the place. Uh, Marco Miniman plays on this song, Flying Monkeys, which we've covered before, which is just an insane song with crazy drumming, very progressive. There's a song called Deep Blue at the end, which is sort of kind of an epic track with lots of vocals. He's an amazing musician. Um, and it's it's just a cool, it's a cool, fun record. It's a bit long. Um, maybe could have, could have done without a, maybe two or three songs, just sort of make it easier to get a full listen, but there's not really a bad song on it. And, uh, if you like sort of straightforward rock with a proggy twist to it, I think that's where this lies a little bit more. I wouldn't say it's actually a traditional prog record, but I think it belongs here because it is just so adventurous and interesting. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's just really, really good stuff. It's, it's been in my playlist for a year easy. So anybody, yeah. I love this. I love this album. And there's a song on there called sweet Eliza, which is in my top dozen album, uh, songs of the year. Um, yeah. I really think it's very, very beautiful indeed. Give it all, give it a listen, everybody. It's great. Yeah. Great album. Uh, I think you had it in your top five, uh, Nick, as, as your number five. Uh, no, it was kind of number six for me. Uh, Subsignal oh, just Subsignal just edged it out. Yeah. Oh, so I don't have. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I had it as your number, number five, five here. But, but but I would have it as a close number six. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Moving on. I'm gonna give him props as you spin that wheel for his lyrics. His lyrics are very funny. 
Oh yeah, Man. the whole album uh, cover thing with the different names and people in production—that's the funniest yeah. thing to me. Yeah, it's all fake, <laughs> fake players and all that. Stuff. Yeah. All right, uh, Kite Parade Retro. All righty, I'll take this one. Um, this is my number three album of the year. I really love it. Um, it it's it's this this guy in the UK, Andy Foster, who's not even, as I understand it, a professional musician. Um, and didn't really have a band going until a couple of months ago when, when he did his first gig as Kite Parade. Um, and does a lot of, I think, basically sang and, and played everything except drums uh, on, on the album himself, uh, but uses um, two extremely competent and, and celebrated drummers in Nick DiVigilio, uh, who's well known to everybody in Prague and Joe Crabtree of Wishbone Ash. Um, and the drumming definitely takes this album to another level. The keyboards miraculously, it turns out, are programmed by, by Foster himself, but they really do sound very symphonic and, and very human and very live sounding. This is the second album that he's done, and uh, it's got one particular high point on it, which is a song called Wonderful which could easily be my favorite song of the year. Very majestic, very sweeping, highly melodic. Um, and then the album goes all over the place to some very driving rockers driven by, by Nick's drumming, um, all the way through to a very impressive epic song called Merry-Go-Round, which is really what everything that, that, that a prog fan would expect. Um, it's, it's really a romp uh, and a feast of prog from, from beginning to end. It's got all kinds of groaning guitar solos played by Foster and, and uh, layered harmony vocals. Really, really, really as good as anything else that, that, that's out there. Um, I, I looked for low moments on the album. And I really didn't, didn't find any. Um, uh, the production's great. Uh, even the artwork, which is the sort of 60s, retro in in accordance with the name of the album look um all very high quality and uh all in all a very fine package indeed and if anybody out there hasn't given it a listen yet i really would encourage you to do so it's a very fine album indeed and now that now that it's a band which has done a couple of gigs they really deserve our support everybody so kite parade retro definitely one of my top five i would give it my number three pick of the year I loved this album when it first came out. The last album he did, I think it's called The Way Home, uh, was really good. But I think this one, he took it up a notch. Um, I love every song on this. Wonderful, you write is great. I like The Speed of Light. It's, it's in my top uh, dozen songs of the year. The vocals, the way this guy writes harmonies and incorporates all that yeah. stuff and is playing. It's just, it's just so skilled and so good. I think this is... This is music for fans of, of, you know, Neil and Spock's beard and all that kind of yeah. prog stuff that we don't hear so much anymore. But it, it has that kind of rock vibe, but it also incorporates great musicianship. It's just really fun. And he's just a revelation just to come out of nowhere like this and, and create this kind of music. It reminds me a lot of Frost. Sounds Frost, like very that. much so. Yeah, agreed. Yes, yes. yes. And the we did interview a checkout. We did an interview with him earlier um, this year, and I mean, he's a really humble guy, and I mean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't make any big deal of his kind of, you know, his own musical skill, <laughs> um, you know, and it's 
just playing the album, you, it's amazing to think one person put it all together at, at that kind of level. Really, really good. Yeah, he really down downplays it as if he's not a good musician, and it's like just ridiculous because he's really brilliant. Uh, all right, so let's move on. Kite Parade, it's a good one. Did anyone else have that in the top five or no? It narrowly missed mine. Yeah, I don't think so. Narrowly missed mine. A artwork of the year. Diane, pictures from the other side. That is me. Um, and literally, I mean, this is right pretty much new out in the last couple of days, actually, when we were recording this. Um, Rob Reed, uh, the person behind it, um, familiar from a range of things, including Magenta in particular. Um, Cyan was a band that he had that predated that, who made several albums in the 1990s. And he's done, again, something which is probably quite unusual um, in the genre that he's gone back and basically done new versions of previous albums. So For King and Country came out two years ago and this is the follow-up. And again, it is new versions of most of the songs from the original uh, version of Pictures from the Other Side. Um, the band lineup, uh, very, very different. Peter Jones, um, who again, I assume people watching this will be pretty familiar with from Tiger Moth Tales and um, all sorts of other things, uh, being the principal vocalist and um, a guitar player, probably less of a household name, but for anyone paying any kind of attention to the British prog scene in the last 15, 20 years, Luke Mashin um, is, is very much an incredible guitar player. And um, they're they're supported also by Dan Nelson, um, who plays bass in the band. Just some really really great performances here. Uh, you know, Peter Jones's voice just is is amazing and covers so much so many ranges. The songs are really good for things that are you know I guess songs that kind of disappeared maybe into history. Um, and I just think again, I, it. it uh, it's probably in a similar vein, I suppose, to the Kite Parade album. Just very solid classic prog, great playing, great songs. If you've never heard of it, check it out. Support it. Support uh, you know uh, an artist who isn't on a big name label but is producing big name quality music. Right on. Awesome. Yeah, I mean it's really I love cool to redo. Yeah, he's great, and to to take that old music and really give it a a, a fresh uh, recording, and and he changes the music a lot, adds stuff, to, you know, including Peter on it. It's 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 good stuff. Um, very much, you know, more of that traditional neo prog sound. Uh, if you if you like that kind of stuff, it's definitely one you're you're gonna like. Um, all right, let's move on. No top fives, like I take it. Let's do it. Woo. All right. Moon Safari, right. Him La Bakken, yeah. Volume 2. Nice. So Him I am defiantly taking this one, guys. It is my number one album of the year. Yeah. And by a country mile, actually. Um, I, I, I've been a Moon Safari fan forever. I, 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 I I used to play Moon Safari to my kids when they were first born, and I'm still doing that today. Um, it's an unbelievably competent lineup of six 
fine musicians who are not only brilliant instrumentalists at everything they do, but also fantastic singers. Singer. Now, the, the, the lead vocalist is Peter Sandstrom, but the main vocal arranger is Simon Ackerson, um, who is just a, 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 a next-level vocal arranger, very influenced by... Um, the, the original sound of the Beatles and um, according to Simon, not so much the Beach Boys, but um, predecessors and influences of the Beach Boys. And you can hear that on, on this album in particular. It's been a long time coming, 10 years in the waiting. Um, and when you, when you give it its first spin, immediately you realize that Moon Safari are back just as good as as uh, as anything they've ever done before. Now this is Himmelbacken Volume Two, uh, Himmelbacken Volume One having been released uh, about about ten years ago, thirteen years ago actually, and um, it, it, it's it's a kind of an all round synopsis of who Moon Safari are. It starts off with a song called 1980X, which has a very Van Halen, intentionally Van Halen keyboard sound on it. Um, yeah. And from there, it, kick, it kicks off into a, a pop song called Emma Come On. And then um, comes one of the most unbelievable tracks that, that you've ever heard, which is the epic called Teen Angel Meets the Apocalypse. Now, yeah, the nice. album hasn't been released yet. And I've I, I got to say to you guys, well, you, you've, already, you've already heard um, uh, one song, which um, is A Lifetime me, right? to, learn, uh, to Learn How to Love, and um, Between the Devil and Me also has been released. So Between the Devil and Me is emblematic of what, of what this album is, but it, 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 as good as it is, it doesn't really take you to the places that that the the uh, epic te uh, te uh, teenage um, uh, uh, does, and it, it it's just from beginning to end an an astoundingly accomplished album. Um, if you like melody, there this is going to be right up your alley. If you if you love complex, intricate instrumentals, and the band say that they're not necessarily sh uh, categorized, uh, or they don't categorize themselves as a prog, ba prog band, but it is prog, for sure, from beginning yeah. to end. And uh, I, would, I would say that this makes Moon Safari, again, one of the three or four most important progressive rock bands to come out of Sweden. And you know who the other ones are. So I'll just leave it with that. It's definitely my number one album of the year. I was blown away by it in first listen. I'm blown away by it still today. And I can't stop listening to it. It's addictive. Go listen to it. Himmlerbacken, Volume 2 by Moon Safari. My number one album of the year. Yeah. And by, my by number the time, two By the time this podcast airs, uh, <laughs> it will have been out. So... And you can yeah. read my my very positive. Wow. Review. This so everyone's ranking table. this one. All right. So everybody. So we expect uh, this one this... to rank very high. There you go. Yeah, That's everybody brilliant. has this one pretty high. It's a great high. album. The um, epic is mind blown. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, this the album all around is just awesome. They're just outstanding. Oh, and I, and I should mention Rich Mouse's production. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. 
just rounded out by this incredibly fat, rich production by a rich mouse. It deserves a mention. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I have to it's admit, remarkably they, they never, great. I mean, they were a band whose name I knew, but I, even whenever like Roy kind of kind of sent it to us, um, you know, I was going, "Oh, is that? Oh no, that's that's an album. That's Air's album title, isn't it?" Like, I it was kind of floating out there. I'd never really heard them, and I kind of okay, I'll give it a listen. I went, "Wow, really, really, really enjoyed it. Fantastic yeah, album. Definitely top five for me." You've never gone cruising, right. Jeff, but I can tell you they they dominate on on, on cruise to the edge. They really do, mm. and yeah. they, they they have this number at the end of their set where they just sing a cappella, the six of them, and they say good night in a cappella fashion, and that just really rounds it up and and says it all about this band. Cool. Okay. All right. Oh, I think we all like that uh, one. Yeah, we're halfway <laughs> through there. now. How are we doing? Ah, uh, here we go. A <laughs> little over on time, but, you know, we'll speed up. <laughs> oh, we won't Woo! speed up. <laughs> I well, do have music to play right. you off if you talk too long. I'm just letting you know. Well, I was going to say, if any, if if the rest of you guys want to take a comfort break at this point, you know, um, I, I would half expect that. We should. Um, we didn't say the name of the album. We should say it's Stephen Wilson Harmony Codex. We we should have announced that. But go ahead, John. Yeah. Indeed. Yep. Stephen Wilson, the Harmony Codex. Cut to the chase. Uh, it's my number <laughs> one of the year. Um, and uh, a little shame. <laughs> um, it's Kyle's thirty fifth. It's it's the yin and yang of. It's the yin and yang of event because event seven folds my thirty fifth, so um, where it's very Fair much enough. yin and yang here. Yeah, look, I mean, what what can be said about this album that hasn't already been said? Apart from you need to listen to it. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people say it's the best thing he's ever done. Some people say it's the worst thing he's ever done. For me, um, you know, I enjoy the vast majority of what Stephen Wilson does across a whole range of genres, and this is an album that I think I said at the time, if, if, if someone had never heard of him and wanted to get a kind of cross section of a lot of the things that are his influences and his output, it's as good an album as that. Um, it, you know, if you, you know, most people watching this will have read a lot of the press. It was very much designed as a, an immersive listen in an Atmos setup. And I got a chance to, to hear one of those playbacks um, earlier on in the year, and it was fantastic. But it for me, it's not just an album that works in a theater with ninety six speakers. Um, and and I guess the tracks on it fall again in, into probably two categories. You know, there are four or five things that are probably more traditional songs. Um, you know, what life brings, rock bottom, beautiful scarecrow, economies of scale. Um, you know, in fact, it's six actually songs that are about five minutes or less. And then there are four <clears throat> long, quite experimental pieces um, woven together. It's not really a concept album in terms of having an, a, an actual story. Um, there's a theme that runs through it, um, both in how the music's, music's put together and the lyrics about the concept of an infinite staircase which relates to a short story uh, that Stephen included <laughs> in his autobiography. Um, but 
for me, it, it's just an album that I keep going back to and listening to over and over again, and I enjoy it and hear new things within it every time, which I think is is what keeps me returning to it. And a special um, shout out for uh, Nico Solnev's guitar on it is really um, stand out as well. Um, so yeah, for me, it's definitely um, number one album of the year. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I will say I, that for, for better or for worse, whatever this says about the album, it blew four of the speakers in my car. <laughs> uh, well, and so sonic, wow. sonically, it's pretty powerful. That has to be said. Yeah, it yeah. blows. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Let, let's be fair. I, I really, really like this album. I think it has some really, really high moments. To me, specifically, Impossible Tightrope, as someone who really enjoys the fusion jazzy kind of style, that kind of plays with that a little bit in the proggy and rock arrangement as well. And What Life Brings. To me, that song is just the most beautiful thing ever. It's as good of a ballad as he ever wrote. Uh, and it has some other great moments, but at the same time, it has like the title track, which is just like sounds for nine minutes. You know, that kind of stuff doesn't really attract me. I like listening to it a couple of times. It's a good one to have like good headphones on and listen if you're in an airplane and kind of tired, you know. But in general, the album kind of, you said, this album either is someone's favorite or their least favorite ever. To me, it's somewhere in the middle. And I think it's really good. It has very high highs and a few lower lows. But yeah, I like it. Oh, cool. All right. Anyone else in their top five? Can we have the, no uh, nope, the cricket? Yeah, cricket sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I just love when there's I love when there's albums that it's like, well, you just you didn't listen to it on the right setup. You know, it's I, to, to me, Moon Safari put that on an old boombox and I'd enjoy it, but I, I digress. Let's spin the All wheel. Right. Let's move on. But did you have the two rear speakers on? at the right frequency i don't know whatever you don't need that to enjoy it yeah i don't need that Ooh, this it. is this is a good one okay <laughs> okay uh i think this is me advent horizon uh a cell to call home uh again a, a recurring theme here on the podcast another brand new band for us um they've been around for a while um but this is their first album in, in quite a while that's a bit more official um their fir their first full length release was maybe 10 years ago or something and then they took a really long break they released like a song or something and then now they're back with this full album um and it features a whole bunch of crazy guests i mean jordan rudis is on it uh for a song dave maros plays on a song um randy mcstein plays on a song um the main guy riley who's the singer and guitar player is just phenomenal um, man, this is such a fantastic album. I, just, I honestly, I just can't believe how good of an album it is. It follows sort of in line with that no spoon kind of vibe, maybe a little less on the heavy prog metal side, but mm -hmm. vocally and melodically and, and with the hooks and everything, it's just really fantastic. Just amazing songs at every turn. Um, there's a song called Your Flaws that's a ballad with this female vocalist. I apologize for not remembering her name, uh, but yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the song Control is, uh, there's, a, there's a second half of that song that if I could just play as, this is my favorite 45 seconds of the year, it's, it's that part. It's outstanding. Mm -hmm. 
and um, the 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 long uh, epic uh, to Call Home is just awesome. Uh, this is this is great. It's just great. Like, that's all I can say about it. There's nothing to dislike about this record. The vocals, the harmonies, the playing, the guest. I mean, the I to be. I'll tell you the honest truth. I did not remember that Jordan Rudis even played on this record. Maybe I'd read it somewhere. I didn't know it at the time, and that his part comes on on the song and i i'm telling you i immediately went wait a minute that sounds like jordan rudis that has yeah, to be it's pretty it's so distinct yeah. it is yeah. so his sound which is so cool um yeah i think uh these guys are from utah uh, again just starting to really get their thing together i would love to see a tour <laughs> with no spoon and advent horizon i would go anywhere to see that uh so i can't uh praise this album enough yeah, I'm with you, dude. I think it's one of the strongest albums of the year. Um, I think it's it's been an album that I've been listening to a lot these past few weeks. And one thing that it does well is that it, it keeps it fresh all the time. Not just because of the guests, but I think musically it goes in a lot of different and interesting places. And for that, it is my number five album of the year. Nice. Oh, Kyle number has it as Kyle. his number three. Oh. Nice. And uh, Victor had it as his number four album. So we got quite a few votes on this one, which is cool. I was giving yeah. Them a listen. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yo, man, you'll love you this. You would really enjoy Actually, it. Actually, it's yeah. if you like Sub Signal and what and Frost and what I think you like, you'll like this. It, yeah, I won't say it sounds like those bands, but it fits in that area of of kind of what those bands do, you know. Um, so cool. Yeah, Advent Horizon is awesome. Okay, moving on. Let's do it. We need to have a prog report music festival with all these bands that keep breaking up for 10 years or whatever. <laughs> Another prog from home, maybe. Okay, all the right. actual Haken, best Haken cover Fauna. art of the year. That's, for that's, sure. that's mine here. And I'll, um, I've, I've enjoyed Haken for, for quite some time, but uh, I, I, I listened to him for short periods of time, but now getting ready for this, um, I was, uh, again, kind of playing this on repeat with all the other uh, albums that I was reviewing. And it really sunk in a lot more. I'm going to have to go back to their older things again. Um, it, it's, your, it's your good traditional Haken material. It's got your, your good prog metal, almost um, uh, you know, almost uh, techno a little bit in there. Um, it's got uh, a kind of a Zappa-esque, Cockroach King-esque uh, elephant, uh, Never Forget in there which which is a different you know feel to it um but it's a, it's a very very cool album i think nightingale is this one of my standout songs on it but that was actually a 2022 release at least the song was mm -hmm. um but and i can't wait to, to i think they're coming uh, around again soon here so that's the it, it's it's just a very good prog metal um uh, album all the way around very very in, very enjoyable all the way around. I'm sure yeah, you guys can I, add your parts to it too. I think it's a very different sounding album for them, especially compared to the previous two. And of course, yeah. it's the first uh, album with Pete Jones back in the band as a keyboard player. I think he does a great job and he brings in his very individual and particular sound. Uh, this album has two of my favorite songs of the year. The one, my favorite being Alphabet of Me, which brings a very yeah. new particular sound to the band. It's a song I've listened to a lot. 
And there's other amazing songs like Islands in the Clouds and San Paternal Beings. And in general, I just think it's a really strong album. It barely missed my top five, um, but I really, really like this one. And I, I'm excited to see them live again next year and Absolutely. playing a bunch of this material live. So, yeah, it's yeah. a good one. As always, they always deliver. And I think the guitar work is great. The the drums, they just get better and better and more creative. And Ross is just sounds amazing in this album as well. So, yeah, it's a yeah. good one. Very good. I loved it. I think it's as good as a lot of the stuff they've done before. Maybe just a tad under some of their best stuff. Um, but they've been around a while and they keep finding ways to keep it interesting, adding a few new elements with, without repeating themselves. Um, the, the playing and musicianship is as amazing as ever. Uh, you know, it, it's hard. I mean, you're comparing now they're at the point where you start to compare every new album with the three or four best albums they ever made. Mm -hmm. And that becomes well, a challenge for every band that, that gets to that level. And so I think that's where this album maybe suffers is just that it's a tad under the mountain or affinity or these amazing records that are classics now for us. But by every measure, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just they're they're at the top, top, top of bands. Yeah, facts, uh, dude. They've, you know, they've the album that, cover is just hilarious. Part. I just absolutely love the album cover. Yeah. Well, they always nail yeah. the, this, the art style for everything, yeah. even like tour posters and shirt designs everything's all always really really awesome mm -hmm. yeah so they're doing a, a u.s tour oh. coming up uh called the, it's an evening with haken and right. some bigger venues where they're going to be playing the full album and plus some other stuff so you know it's a good chance to really get uh, to see them and probably a longer show and and the whole thing so it'll be really cool um and they're on the cruise to the edge too coming up so haken and oh sorry vic had it had this one as his number one album of the year. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Yep. That's Shocker. Cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. What we're getting is. Oh, boy. We're getting. Ah! <laughs> yeah, the Flower <laughs> right, Kings. The, yeah. It is. The Flower, the Flower Kings. Kings. Look at you now. Okay, so I'm going to take this one. Um, well, one of the most prolific bands around, as, as are the Swedes. And, um, you know, their third album since, I think, 2019 or 2020, the Flower Kings continue to deliver. I think that um, this is right up there with, with some of their best material of the past, like Paradox Hotel and so on. Um, you won't be disappointed if you're a Flower Kings fan. And I think also to newer fans who, who are just discovering the band for the first time, this this is a good one. Um, now, it, it, the whole flavor of the thing is kind of 60s flower power, back to that kind of hippie uh, theme that I guess the name the Flower Kings would indicate. Um, it, there, there are some exceptional performances on it and exceptional songwriting. For their 16th album, you know, wow. you would think to yourself, Okay, you know, they're likely to be a couple of uh, weak moments on it, but really not. It's, a, it's a, an extremely consistent album and very mature. Uh, it's, it's an album delivered by the umpteenth iteration of the band, but very loyal to the band's traditional sound. So that, that's why I say it's pretty emblematic of everything they do. There are some 
11 tracks on it. I think my favorite probably is uh, the, the final track, Father Sky. Uh, sorry, the second, the second last track, final Sky, uh, Father Sky. It's, 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 it's really good. The instrumentation alone makes it one of my favorite moments of the year. Um, and I'd like to give a special mention to the drummer, Mirko de Mayo. This is his second album with the Flower Kings. Really an exceptional performance throughout. I would say um, that this is probably my number four album of the year. So it certainly makes it into, into my top five by, by a, a fair margin. Um, excellent songwriting, one of their best collections of songs yet. And it doesn't really make any difference whether you see it as one long thematic work with 12 or 13 constituent songs or as 12 or 13 separate songs it's very consistent very uh, very good quality in production and and composition and performance so uh, yeah i i think that um the nice. flower kings look at you now is one of the top four of of, of the year nice uh great thanks for that yeah listen they're they're just a consistent band if you like Flower Kings, there's nothing not to like about this album, I think. Um, anybody else on this one? All right. Let's move on. We're wrapping up. We got six more to go. Thanks for sticking Ooh. with us. <laughs> one for each. You know, people are getting, we're getting to learn about so much good music. It, it really, these are awesome albums. So. And speaking of new music. Uh, another good one. Hey, uh, The Anchor it, it All Began With Loneliness. Is it The Anchor It or The Anchorette? We'll never know. We'll um, never know. I, I say the anchor I, I don't know. So uh, this is, uh, it all began with loneliness. It is a vivid and colorful journey through a variety of musical influences. Uh, for me, it feels like a mix of the jazzier side of 70s prog rock, sort of like King Crimson, uh, but it also at the same time infuses modern prog metal. So it's got growling, blast beats, massive riffs, which, and I hate, I think this is like the 17th time we've mentioned them, but... It reminds me a little bit of Opeth at times. Um, but, you know, between, between them, Barry, to me, other bands that do that kind of thing where they'll mix in kind of straight-ahead rock uh, with popular elements with, you know, like darker death metal-type style. So, anyway, uh, the songs are adventurous. They're intricate, very clever, very surprising. It's a very creative album, and it's solid from start to finish. Uh, and so if you've not heard it yet, I think you'll love it. Um, if there's anything you don't like, it's either going to be that it does feature too much with like saxophones and again, like elements from sort of 70s, like fusion prog, uh, or you don't like the darker, you know, heavier moments. But if you like both of those things and you like an eclectic sound, you're going to love it. Uh, for me, best tracks, A Dead Man, Forsaken, and All Turns to Clay. But honestly, I like the whole album. So The Anchorette, go check it out. Great drumming on this one, too. Yeah, and for man. me, it's my... Fifth favorite album oh, of the year. Nice. It is my number six. It barely, barely made it. I really, really love this album too. I think it's really consistent and strong. Uh, you say if you like a lot of different elements, you're gonna like it, and I do. I, I like when they have like blast beats and then saxophone and then a piano thing. You know, it kind of goes everywhere a little bit in this album, but in a good sense. It still feels concise, still feels good. So yeah, one of my favorites as well. Also, another big surprise of the year, just like No Spoon. To me, my number, my top five ended up being mostly new bands, which 
It's yeah. a it's a good Same. thing. Yeah, it's, that's been a, lot, a fun part this year. Also, Andy Tillerson plays on this album, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And um, and the drummer is actually this guy James Canole, for, who plays in this band uh, Aviations, which uh, also a really cool band to check out. A newer band, um, but yeah, I love. This is a great album. It's it's so fun and surprising from beginning to end. It's uh, it's it's very cool. I, I've I've been telling people about. It. I say it's Opeth meets King Crimson. I sort of that sort of simplifies it a little bit. Well, there which, you go. Um, yeah, I think I've got to I've got to call out Jeff. As, as you probably know, if you watch our faces, we're always typing stuff. But I think this encapsulates this album so well. He says, "If you like music with blast beats and saxophone, you'll love it." So there you go. That's <laughs> right that's on this album. It's Vic. Very Vic had this uh, as his number three, so I'm gonna give ah, him a shout for that. Cool. All right, so Vic. if you uh, funny because I cannot also... see the chat, so I pretty much said that. <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, the anchor it. Uh, another cool band to check out. So. I think we need a tour with some of these new bands. I was going to say that they're also going to be performing on the Prague Report uh, Music Festival. <laughs> somebody um, needs to do this. Well, I, continuing the new bands, uh, our good friends from Temek, Terror Management Theory. Yeah, and this is one of my albums. So Temek is a new band. It's comprised by ex-keyboard, ex-haken keyboards, the keyboardist, oh my God, ex-haken keyboardist Diego Tejeda. Uh, our friend Eric Gillette from the Neil Morse band. Also, uh, Simon Sendness is the drummer and the vocalist is Frederick. And they are awesome. They sound really melodic. It's a progressive metal band. Um, kind of makes a bunch of elements that make this kind of music sound good. You know, they're melodic, they're heavy, genty, have those syncopated riffs, but also a lot of vocal harmonies and melodies. And it's it's a really, really good album, I think. It, it brings like Diego has this very particular sound and he has a lot of keyboard layers to the production. Some of like eight bit video gamey sounding uh, stuff to the songs as well, especially in the first one through the sense of time, it kind of showcases the band as a whole and how they mix together all these different elements. And it's really interesting. Sounds great. I think it's another uh, rich Mouser production. So naturally it's a great one. Um, so yeah, it has some of my favorite songs of the year. I, w- I would say Falling Falling Away is my favorite. It's one of the singles. I'm glad they picked that one because it's a really strong song and showcases a lot of, you know, guitar solos and, and drum solos and, you know, the catchy choruses. It's a really, really nice showcase of the band. But also a couple other songs that I would like to to highlight. It's Mothala. I, I'm not sure how we pronounce it, but it's, um, I yeah. think the closing the closer album, the last the, song, the closer yeah. song, yeah, of the the album, and it has like this beautiful choir in some of the parts that they had it recorded live in, in Norway, I think, and it just sounds like amazing. It's a very very nice song. Another one, I think, it's a good intro to the band if you like Dream Theater. Uh, it's Skeletons. In the beginning, kind of sounds like Separate Ways by Journey, but then it becomes crazy and has like this slap bass sound in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's great. And Friendly Fire, which is an instrumental that sounds awesome as well. So yeah, it's a new band. They already they already have like live shows planned and scheduled, and I'm really excited to see what they come up next and with like shows and maybe new albums and stuff. So Temek, Terror Management Theory. It's my number four album of the year. Yay. Nice. Rounding out my top five. So, yeah. Cool. All right, solid start for those guys. Hopefully, we'll get to see them on tour somewhere, get to show. 
Um, and at the recording right, of this podcast, it came out yesterday. So there yeah, you go. we got uh, so we got it's four albums left. Home stretch. Yeah. Four albums. Not a lot of bands have cookies with their album cover on it. So. <laughs> yep. Strong sound. Crownlands. Crownlands. The album is fearless. That, that's mine. And I had never heard this band before. Roy sent this something to me. Um, probably early, definitely like February, March of this year. And it was very, uh, it was very uh, rush oriented. And then I started watching the video that he sent and realized that there's only two members of the band performing rush sounding music. And I'm a monstrous rush fan. So there's so many elements in there that just are, they're, you know, <laughs> from, from uh, rush songs, you've got, uh, um, uh, you got natural science, 2112, uh, by tour and the snow dogs, Xanadu, all these different bits from the, all these songs. And this, the, 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 the major epic on here, um, the album's called, uh, fearless. Um, uh, but the, uh, the, the big epic is a uh, star lifter fearless part two. The, the video of that, when they're actually live on stage performing is just, uh, is just, uh, the, the two piece is, is just phenomenal to watch just to see, um, Cody's the drummer and sings. He sounds like Robert Plant or early Getty Lee. Uh, Kevin does everything else. He's got his double neck on, he's playing, uh, bass, guitar, pedals, keyboards, and he's just all doing everything. Watching them all live, just just two people. It's it's, it's phenomenal. I I watched your uh, interview with Kevin um, recently, Roy, and he was saying that he's you know they're hoping to get back out on the road and maybe even add some um, some touring members. And I hope I can see them while they're still just the two just the two uh, the people there. But I absolutely love. It may not be for everybody, but um, uh, that that epic and Lady of the Lake off off of Fearless just phenomenal stuff for me just it, it really really uh hit home for me and uh therefore it made my uh number three wow of the year nice so very cool crownlands that's a name to keep an eye on for sure i think they're really something all right let's move on bottom three or sorry i don't mean bottom three Look last that three wheel check out that wheel getting down to the end what do we got Trevor Rabin, Catatonia, RPWL. Uh-oh. Here we go. All right. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Who's doing I'm going to say this The real album of the year, Trevor Rabin, Rio. I was starting right, to Nick. think you were rigging the wheel to have the best for last, Roy. <laughs> yeah. no. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this in my, best, my, in my best South African accent. Obviously, I'm very proud of this one. Uh, it's my number two album of the year, and not because he's South African, because it's excellent, guys. And uh, it's, you know, 10 years in the making. Uh, Trevor's obviously been very busy with his film score, composition, and production. Um, but he took his time over this one, and you can tell that he's just loving every moment. And we are the beneficiaries of that, really. It's... It, such a varied, diverse, and and um, uh, eclectic, I guess, album uh, that really, uh, I guess, whilst it's got some very proggy moments on it, it embraces all kinds of other themes and musical styles from country to straight ahead rock to blues 
you name it. But ever-present in every song is, of course, Trevor's amazing guitar playing and his really surprisingly, at, at, at this age, very good vocals. Uh, it starts off with a rocker called Big Mistakes, which I think everybody has heard by now. Um, it, it's kind of, which, which is sort of reminiscent of Love Will Find A Way era, yes. Um, and then, wow, it kicks in with Push, which is uh, certainly in my top five songs of the year. Very proggy, highly intricate, really uh, the deeper tracks of 90125 style, yes. Uh, with the amazing Vinnie Colaiuta on drums. Um, then one of the saddest, most poignant moments of the year is, is Oklahoma, uh, which is, of course, about the tragic bombing in, in, in Oklahoma. And uh, somehow Trevor manages to, to pull the message off without, without getting tacky or, or in, in any way uh, overly dramatic. Um, there's slow country rock in paradise. There's there's amazing heavy guitar playing in a, a song called Tandy, which is about about the butchering of a South African uh, rhinoceros by by poachers. Um, then there's just jaunty rock in Goodbye, uh, a cappella vocals in Tumbleweed, and uh, of course um, the very South African sounding track Egoli, which is a vernacular name for the city of Johannesburg that I'm sitting in right now. And then it closes with this amazingly heavy blues rocker called Toxic. Um, so this is really a triumphant return for Trevor. I can't say enough about it. My number two album of the year, Trevor Rabin's Rio. All right. right on. I'm, I'm well, shocked. I've got to it, well, it you was know, jockeying of, with some, with Moon Safari. I got to say, but but uh, Moon Safari took it in the end. But this is a very close. John, one. John, you had this one ranked as well, number one wow. album. There you go. It's amazing. His his first solo album back in '89 or '92 or whatever. And this is his second real one since then. He hasn't missed anything at all in between. There, it's just everything is just perfect. I think. And I love it. Um. Yeah, you well, Kyle, you asked me to to reveal something, so I don't think it's any surprise that I'm going to reveal that this is my favorite album of the year, and I'm, of course I'm biased. I did get to write the liner notes from it, and uh, I've I've always said that Trevor is uh, maybe my all time favorite musician, along alongside you know maybe Neil and a few others, but um, I just think it's awesome. It's everything I could have hoped for. I didn't expect an album again, and to have one come out and just cover. I just love how it covers almost 10 distinct styles mm -hmm. um i think that i think it's great it goes from one thing to the next to the next all the while the musicianship is great the guitar playing is great he does 90 percent of it himself um and it's an album that i've still been listening to since it came out so yeah i just i think it's just outstanding um, for, so, for me i you. love i love the front half of the album the back half of the album less so for me um but but the first four tracks i think are Really, really superb. Yep. All right, moving on. Last two. What a I like odd it. choice for the last two. The wheel yeah, is. I'm gonna, really... I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss talking about Trevor Rabin's Rio in the new no, year. Don't worry about that. We will never stop talking about it. <laughs> All right, John. RPWL, RPWL. Crime Scene. 
Yeah, they've been around for 20 years and 22 years, and I had never heard of them before also. So this is another <laughs> one of these that it's been it's been a joy to listen to listen to them intensely for a couple of weeks now. And uh, they were originally a uh, they're from Germany. They're originally a uh, Pink Floyd cover band. Um, the, the four letters are their four last names of the original members. Um, but even after they switched a couple of members around, they kept the they kept the name of the band the same. Um, but they're so they're so heavily uh, Pink Floyd influenced in, in what they they write. And this album is a concept album, and it's all about uh, true crime uh, uh, murders and so forth. It's kind of a a, 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 a kind of a touchy subject to, to think about. But in in reading some of the lyrics. Um, it's, it's, it's really, uh, it, it's a, it's a fun, it's as weird as that sounds. It's a fun album. The, um, uh, the music I just absolutely love too. The, the Pink Floyd sound, um, of it, um, uh, Yogi Lang's vocals are very much like what, uh, David Gilmore sounds like. Um, the, the songs that just stand out for me, Red Rose, which just look into like what the, what each of these each each of these songs original uh, the the uh, where the song comes from the lyrics come from uh, Cold Spring Day in twenty two there's a, I think that's a, a video that's out King of the World is the uh, is the epic on there and that's that's another just phenomenal and the production value just listening to it in headphones is just is just phenomenal absolutely love this album I'm, I'm great grateful that I'm able to uh, to get into this band now I'm going to look into uh, look into um, some of their previous stuff now. Yep. I, I first saw RPWL in Germany at the Lorelei Festival. I think it was in 2015 or 16. And they just got on and played a set of covers and blew everybody else off that stage. And it was all progressive rock covers. And then, of course, their original stuff came. And it's astounding. I also love King of the World. I think it's one of the top songs of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great song. Great epic. Um, I love his voice. I love the way he sings. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just they're, a fun album to listen to. Yeah, I think the thing for me about it, I, I have, there are a band that I have followed and listened to. For me, yeah, instead of fun album, I just found the subject matter. And again, I know I'm probably one of those people who analyzes the words a lot. I find it a tough listen, not musically. Um, I just find mm-hmm. it lyrically a tough listen. Sure. See, yeah. that's where you go wrong. Don't listen to lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you put Stephen Wilson as your number one. Come on, dude. How about those lyrics? Nah, he's Very got uplifting lyrics. subject matter from Stephen Wilson. Yeah, lovely. Uh, okay. Uh, last one. Okay. We got, let's see. This is me. What it could be. Jeff, you need to turn off your mind, relax, and float downstream. <laughs> When, when so it seems. Catatonia, sky okay. void of stars. So I'm closing this thing out then. So Catatonia, um, it's a band I'm not super familiar with, but I've been listening to them for a while. I've seen them live once. It was a good show. Uh, this album is really good, though. It's definitely in my top 10. It, it didn't quite make the top five, but it's up there. Uh, it has a great flow. It starts heavier and then it gets mellower over time. Uh, but lots of great hooks. The choruses are awesome. I love the the vocal lines. Jonas, which is the the main guy and singer of the band, he has a very 
nice soothing voice. It, it, this album is kind of a vibe. It's heavy, but it it's in, it doesn't stress you out. You know, it's a melodic, moody kind of vibe. And they used to be more, I don't know, more, more depressing sounding. Sometimes this album doesn't sound like that yeah. a lot. Uh, their previous album, I think it was called City Burials, uh, ca- mm-hmm. uh, came out in 2020. It's an album I, I listened to a couple of times back then, but it never really connected with me. I think this new one, Sky Vida Stars, it's closer to uh, Dead End Kings, and it has some of the progier elements from uh, Fall of Hearts. So it's a, a much easier listen to me, and I think it's a, it sounds great, it flows well. It has one of my favorite songs of the year called Author. I think it's the best chorus of the year. It's an awesome, awesome song. Um, and of course, some of the other songs as well, which were uh, singles too, like Atrium and Austerity. Um, awesome songs. Opaline is a great one as well. So yeah, I think this yeah. is a, a really good album. It's up there for me with some of the greatest ones. And it kind of caught me by surprise because it, it was never a band I really connected with. But I gave this one a chance, like I, I did knowing some of the older ones. And it really surprised me. It's a great one. Yeah, I agree. Same for me. It's not a band that, that I ever connected with that much, but I've loved this album. I keep returning to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way it starts. Austerity is just killer. Yeah, it's super heavy. Uh, and then Opaline is one of my favorite songs of the year, and it's it just it's a it's really good, man. I don't. It's a hard it's a hard band to explain. It's heavy, but at the same time, it's like you're saying his voice is so relaxed, and it's mm-hmm. almost poppy at the same time. It's it's really a weird mix. Yeah. Um, but Definitely I dig it. I dig it yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, so cool, man. Uh, all right. So uh, we ran through 24 records. If you're still sticking with us. Uh, yeah. thank you. That's uh, oh, <laughs> very cool. You. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a yeah. Um, let's go ahead and uh, let me see. Let me just get rid of this, and um, we're gonna go to reveal our top. Uh, I have eleven albums that I put. 11. This is recapping mm, okay. the podcast. Time for the big um, reveal. Because we had a tie. We had a tie for number ten. With uh, according to the votes, the anchor it it began with loneliness and Neil Morse the dreamer, Joseph part one, are tied for basically ten and eleven. Uh, moving on, Peter Gabriel I O is in at number nine. Event sevenfold, life is but a dream is in at number. <laughs> this eight. is the weight of a number one. Wow. Really, Stephen <laughs> Wilson the Harmony Codex is in at number seven. Mm-hmm. Wait, how did Hake that get ahead Fauna of me? Yeah. Is number six. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> demand a recount. Show's over. Bye. I demand all, a recount. I know ranked. that Jeff and I were the only two that ranked these albums. They're all the same points. Just uh, that's how it worked out. Uh, hmm. Event Horizon, Selfical Home is in at number man. five. Riverside, ID Entity at, at number four. No Spoon, Opus at number three. Trevor Ravens Rio at number two. And number and one is... Any guesses at what number one might be? Moon Safari. Yeah! yeah. yeah. Hooray! Top 11 albums It's funny because it's, it's a sweet. showcase of the albums that we all like together, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do we get honorable well, mentions, of. right? I've got, I've got three. I've got three honorable uh, yeah. mentions. All right, honorable mentions. Go ahead. 
Just no no track so, uh, descriptions. Okay, yeah, no, I think, I think I think Mystery's Redemption is an excellent album, deserves a mention. We came from Space Overlords, technically, is a 2023 album, right? Yep, so that, I think that needs to be mentioned. And not really prog, but but very good still is Bruce Seward's Luminescence. Mm, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful record. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I got three as well. One of them um, is a personal favorite of mine. It's an artist called Kinglet. He released an EP uh, called Bouquet, which is amazing. It's instrumental prog and it's awesome. It's right up my alley. One of my favorite things released this year. Uh, the new Tesseract album, War of Being, is an album I spent a lot of time with this year as well. I really like it. And just highlighting one of my favorite songs, uh, which is a new song by Vola called Paper Wolf. Not a new album yet, but a great song. Yeah. Anyone else? Honorable mentions, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Solstice Light Up was uh, was one of the ones that would have been on my list for this year. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, haven't really checked them out before, and it's a good album. And I also enjoyed the. Uh, it's not technically new, but the big big train, ingenious devices, the kind of orchestral orchestrally enhanced versions of a lot of their songs it's a good listen um yeah i had a couple molly baron something ominous which i really liked a lot i know i've mentioned it before more of a a, a rock hard rock kind of record which i dug a lot uh the guess who album uh that came out i think right. we've spoken about that earlier which i really liked sort of a popular record southern empire we should give them a shout for another oh, world yeah. which is a good, a, good uh, a good album by them coming back um and uh, the uh, you you mentioned Einar and Leprous, but Einar Solberg's solo record sixteen, which is a very weird, more more alternative uh, electronica. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place, but it's a very cool, interesting record, and he's always good vocally. So, um, any other ones? Anybody? Yeah, uh, not not quite what you would call prog, but uh, uh, sophomore, the Virgilio Morse Jennings prog. Yeah, yeah we all like prog that. Adjacent. We didn't include it in this. It's not really a prog record, but yeah. Yeah, that's we love those guys, stuff, and, and uh, that's that's good stuff. Um, so anyway, this top eleven is sort of a loose. You can see a lot of these got one vote by any of us, so that they end up on this list. But uh, I wouldn't say it's a definitive uh, uh, ranking. It just sort of works out that way. But um, we are gonna still be doing our Prague uh, Report Awards. Uh, by the time this is airing, the nominations have been out. And uh, there will be a uh, thing where the fans have voted, which we do every year. We'll announce, uh, we'll reveal the winners of that very true, very soon. Um, but again, um, it's been uh, a great year. Uh, Indeed. Thanks again for everybody for watching what we do and watching the videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel has continued to grow over the year, um, continuing to do more stuff on this uh, as opposed to other places. More Wheel of Prague stuff is coming. And um, yeah, it's been great. 2023 in the books. Make sure you uh, follow us everywhere, uh, podcast, subscribe to YouTube channel, parkreport.com, all that stuff. We'll see you on the other side of uh, 2024. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Happy New Year. Yay. Follow us everywhere. Bye. Subscribe. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on all our socials and on parkreport.com for all your news, interviews, reviews, and more. And we'll see you again real soon. Thanks.